Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Vance. Hi, Vance. Hey, guys. Good evening. Good evening. I have Steve. Hi, Steve. Hey, y'all. Good evening to you both. Good evening to you as well. So, let's just get through these plugs. We've got a hunting story podcast ahead of us. And the reason we're doing it now is because I don't want to forget details. So, um, I actually had to take some like old-fashioned notes here. I did bullet points, so I don't want to be that storyteller that's like, hey, stop, back up like an hour. This was important. But I'm going to go ahead and, and do that again anyway, but I'm going to try we've, not to. Yeah, we've, we've never done that on the show. Never, ever. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> and it was him. Wait, who's him? <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't tell you like an hour ago. No, we we didn't put any context behind that. <laughs> our our stories made sense to the people who were there, but to no one else. <laughs> so, anyways, this podcast is brought to you by Fat AZ Musky Products. FatAZMusky.com. Um, Vance is going to know what I'm talking about here. If you have any questions about rod holders, <laughs> please... You're going to need to reach out through Facebook is like a good way of doing it. Email is just as good, if not better. Phone calling is probably like a number one. Um, and by the way, there is only one website that is authorized to sell the rod holders. And that is fatazmuskie.com. Um, very few people are even going to get this. And it's not a joke. It's actually getting frustrating. So it, should I get an email from anyone that is not through my website channel, but maybe from another website, I will not answer it. I promise you I will not answer it. Do I need to add any more context to this, Vance? No, I think once we wrap that up, maybe it's a story we can tell. Okay. Down the line, but Facebook, get all your fat easy. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, not Instagram is our is our worst response time. But Facebook and email, Facebook email. I also have my phone number on the website. I handle phone calls. <laughs> I don't want to say daily, but at least a few a week. Questions, basic questions. That's okay. I had a guy today say, "Hey, I got this as a setup. What would you do to add more?" And then we had a twenty minute conversation. And come to find out, it was a lot of board rods he wanted to add. Well, that's pretty easy. And there was some other discussion of like, should I go higher with them? And I'm, well, how much track do you have? And you know what? This is what I would do to start off with. If you feel you need to add height, you can always add later. So basically, what I'm boiling this down to is there's, you can add and subtract from the system because it's modular. Had a really good conversation today with a guy. So, um, that is the best way. Texting, emailing, and Facebook. Instagram, that is basically snail mail at this point. Mm-hmm. So, um, bait-wise, Team Rhino Outdoors, Musky Tackle Online. Musky Tackle has been uh, in contact with us. And um, the Swimmer 2.0, Gen 2, whatever you want to call it, when we get building here, it sounds like they are going to be taking inventory of them. So be on the lookout there. I mean, this is still months ahead, but um, 
great, great avenue there uh, to, uh, I guess, add to your arsenal if you're looking. And uh, we are continuing to update the swimmer, uh, I guess you would call it production line or something like that. You know, probably here we'll talk about it at, once it gets up and running. Right now I'm just getting a lot of expensive equipment delivered. So um, <laughs> moving forward from there, I think I hit it all. Let's uh, yeah. Vance talk a little. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishandguides.com. Uh, give us a call. Potter I will take you out on Chautauqua Lake in 2023. Uh, we'll also be doing Pennsylvania in the spring of 2023. Um, my books are limited uh, for all months for next year, but please reach out. We, I still have those uh, five to nines I can do in the summer. Um, if you're late to the gun on the books and uh, Todd's got some availability for 2023 uh, as well. Um, if you come fishing with us, uh, you'll be fishing out of Ranger boats. My new one just came in, which is cool. Uh, it's a bit early. I guess things are kind of back to normal at, at VIX um, with, with ordering boats and um, the production at ranger in flipping arkansas is uh back up and running check them out ranger boats for sponsoring the show and and uh, muddy creek fishing guides check out vix for all your boating needs um getting that time to close up the boats you know there's only a little bit of season left around around these parts about like 45 days in the in the into canada and um in Western New York where we're at. Um, but get a hold of Vicks for all your needs. It'll be spring again before you know it. And um, St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth. Check them out. Uh, give them a fair shake if you're in the rod game. They have a great warranty. Uh, they are like no questions asked. I think I I uh, talked about the warranty system where it's just pictures now. And, and like, then cool. break it. You know, they're like, so secure it is, you know, you can show them pictures and they're just like, cool, we'll send you a new one for 25 or 50 bucks. So uh, check them out. And that is it for me on the plugs. Okay. So there's one more thing. So if you're, you know, I don't know, possibly in the market for a new boat, or if you need to upgrade the flooring on your existing boat, if this boat's still good and you're like, I just need to kind of give this old girl a facelift. One place that you can greatly improve that is in your flooring covers, covering of your floor, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Aqua Traction, look no further. Um, you know, you can hop on their Instagram. It's like, I don't know, I want to call it like super professional looking photography kind of stuff. But I can also give you really awful photography if you want to, if you want to see my skills. Uh, just ask, uh, Gear man, Steve, how good I am at taking photos. Oh yeah. <laughs> pure expert. <laughs> there we go. So pure expert here. Uh, anyways, you're going to ask why, why would I go that? You know, for the last million years, it's always been carpet. Well, you ever notice your carpet gets kind of like loose and, um, disgusting, disgusting. Yeah. I'm trying to, there we go. Uh, loose, disgusting, 
holes in it. It's just matted down. It stinks in the rain. You know, all that stuff. Roads hard, put away wet. Pretty much. I mean, I don't even know how, like, how... Like, that saying kind of thing, like, I get it. Like, you're out there beating the crap out of some machine, and you're like, I'm going to just go ahead and park it and kind of move on with life. And um, That's what I I do with my boat. We all know that. I never really really got it, that saying. You what? I never really understood that saying. I kind of looked at it more like trucks, four-wheelers, dirt bikes. You're out there riding them hard. And they're like all dripping wet with mud and stuff like that. And you're just like, ah, screw it. Park it and walk away. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you just keep doing that. Eventually bearings and stuff break and, you know, just stuff isn't, isn't you know, what it should be. You should, you're not maintenancing it properly. There's probably a better explanation just than that. Yeah. So, um, anyways, I, 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 like I was getting back to the carpet thing. Like, I don't really know what you can do. So you're out there and it gets, you know, you take a wave over the side or it rains or, you know, what have you. There's like, what can you do to dry out carpet other than just like set it in the sun or put a fan on it? But you kind of pay for it for the days to come, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It takes longer than a day for me to like have it dry. It rained all day today. Tomorrow, if I put my knee down on the deck. It'll be drenched. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of, and then, you know, it's holding that moisture in. You got to believe that, you know, there's, if anyone's ever taken carpet out of their boat and you just see all the fine little dirt particle, dust, silt, whatever you want to call it, you're making a little mud smoothie under your carpet. And that's just, that's sitting there. It's a little abrasive. It's grinding away. You know, it's just the finest sandpaper there. And, it, and you know, it can lead to mold and other stuff and, you know, like like you said, you kneel on that a day or so later and you, you come up with like a big knee print of just mm-hmm. wetness. Mm-hmm. Those days can be over. When it's time, look at Aquatraction. Closed cell polyethylene foam, you know, good stuff. What does that mean for you? Well, you put your knee down after it gets all wet and you have the sun on it for a few minutes. Your knee's dry because it just kind of ran off, you know, like water on a duck's back. Um, it's great. It has, you know, they have all those like little routed, you know, patterns in it. Those are like little gutters and that's mildly entertaining when you have water in your boat and you're driving, you know, whatever you take a splash over or whatever, and it hits there and it, you just kind of watch it gutter back and go in your bilge and you know, away you go. So the other thing is, is because it's closed cell, it's not going to be staining. You know, that's, that's great. Who wants big stains in their boat? I know Mm -hmm. that, um, I've put a lot of carpet in boats. And, like, when I put new carpet in something, I'm like, oh, crap, I don't want to stain this. And, of course, you do something dumb like, I don't know, just dump grape juice, I guess. I mean, I don't know who's drinking grape juice on a boat. But, <laughs> 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 but you guys get what I'm saying. You know, it, it could be anything. Musky pooping everywhere. You're running crawler harnesses. You step on all those night crawlers that you left in the in the fridge for three months, and they're barely <laughs> holding together. <laughs> Yeah, you ever like starve night crawlers in the fridge and you're like, oh, these are good. And they're just like one step up. It's basically paste with a skin on it. It's just <laughs> dripping. And it, it, if you laid it across all your fingers, it would bow in between each one and then break. <laughs> 
I've never done that though. Um, <laughs> anyways, all that stuff comes out real easily. A little bit of water. Just go ahead and scrub it real quick and it's gone. It's gone. Uh, it's wonderful. Great warranty. Uh, if you're in our area, look up Nick at AMF Marine. That is also his email, nick at amfmarine.com. Uh, if you're not in our area, please uh, look up Aquatraction. So, all right, Steve. Perfect. Yes. Do your do yours. Oh, just uh, I'll be quick with it. The SH Fish and Sticks custom rods builds on St. Croix. I, I've spoken endlessly about uh, his, his craftsmanship and quality, and uh, and uh, it's hard to to describe the feel of a custom rod until you actually have one, particularly if it's it's dialed into to a particular lure or style of fishing. It's just the, the experience is so much enhanced. So I could I could. Uh, talk for days on it but i won't but if you ever in the market for something maybe you just want that one rod custom to uh, a raptor or some certain lure uh give him a shout out he'll, he'll give you something that will exceed your expectations i guarantee it okay so, if thanks. i bring him like a walmart cat fat cat max or whatever that rod is mm-hmm. will he build me something <laughs> wonderful off that blank you could because I've, I've done it i've, I've given him Cruddy blanks because it was the only one I could find in the market that met the needs from height and action, and he stripped it and rewrapped it and new handled it and everything. Yeah, I've trust me. If you, if you, <laughs> the projects I've given him have been ridiculous. He, he every time he's like, he, he was like, yeah. Okay, so like six hundred dollar rods that he's chopped up and re- remodified. So yeah, like and okay, so you you give him a rod. So let's just mm-hmm. say if if I give him my LT. Mm-hmm. He can make it better. Yeah. Extend it, change the grip, take the foregrip off, do whatever you want. Hmm. I mean, I told you the story. I had a, a, a G. Loomis. It was 7-1. I wanted it 6-9, but I wanted to make it more matter, moderate in action, which means he had to cut three inches off the butt and not the tip, which would have made it faster. Stripped it all down, stripped out the whole assembly, saw the three inches, put it all back up, with the new uh, wind grip and no foregrip. And yeah. So yeah, he'll do anything you want. Um, I think I'm the most ridiculous of his customers, but uh, he, <laughs> he certainly can do it. So, so yeah. Was that four inches that big of a deal? Yeah, it actually did. It did. Well, yeah. You probably like balanced said, it better. The balance better. Again, I needed a softer action cause it was for a jerk bait and I needed, I wanted the, the recoil, a little stronger so that the, it would walk versus a, a, a lateral pull. And yeah, so it made a big difference for how I like to fish a certain lure. So, uh, so that, that, that made a difference. Is that, I, I got to ask the question. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Is it, is it that much better because your brain thinks it's better or is it actually better? going with B actually <laughs> better because I fished it before without, um, I didn't quite like the action. So I kind of experimented what I, with different rods, um, different actions. I kind of fine tuned where I thought and I kept coming back to, Hey, if this, you know, and I took a chance. It might've sucked and ruined a $500 rod, but it ended up turning really well and it fished strong. And I still use it to this day. Like, did so, you brainstorm uh, yeah. that with him or did you say, listen, no, I was brainstorming. Trust me, 
I did research. I, I looked at the, the uh, you know, uh, deflection curves of rods and, and seeing where the, the point would change based on uh, the, the moment arm bait. It was, trust me, it was months of engineering, if you will, before we took a saw to it. Uh, so, but again, that's because I'm obsessed with gear and that's what I like to do when I'm not thinking about everything else on earth. I <laughs> okay. take a bunch of modified fishing gear. All right. Well, I, I yeah, mean, I would I would agree. I think it's a big difference, and I I didn't th- I didn't I was not a believer prior to getting a custom, and uh, once I did, it was like super easy. Remember that one time when I had like a Tranks 400 or a Daiwa Alexa 400. This was like seven years ago, Andy, and you handed me your rod with uh, the Tranks 500 on it, and you're like. Did that retrieve seem easier? And I said, yes, it did. Mm-hmm. You were like, well, that's why I have this. I was like, I understand. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I get it. That was two cranks as opposed to my four or five. Yep. Much easier. It's, it's kind of like that. Okay. Yeah. So, Steve, I got to ask you this, and you're allowed to be 100% honest. All right. What's your opinion on me using my four inch extended that I did myself, mm. uh, big dog with a Tranks 500 for everything. I mean, so here's the funny Am thing. Am I a me. monster? Uh, no, but here, here's the sad thing. I hate to say this, but, uh, I would go with a ton of gear. I would go because I felt like everything should have its own. So I'd musky fish with 15 rods and, and now that like I'm I'm getting older, uh, I'm a little lazier and, and like sleep a little more. I'm just like screw it. I'm gonna bring these three. So I so I, so for the hundred and some runs I, I bring, I just kind of like I'm scaling back down to uh, the closest rod that will handle a lot of what I'm fishing. I hate to, I shouldn't be admitting that on here, but it's just it's just a lot, man. I don't have the energy anymore to lace up 15 rods. And put My go-to saying is I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah. So. So my standard muskie, I bring a fly rod, spinning rod, a casting rod, and, and usually some form of vertical jigging rod. So I'll, I'll just bring four now versus the 15, but they all have vastly different uh, applications. So that's why I'm even now. So I'd like to see you cast a fly with that. So that's, you know, so there's a little bit there that, that I don't know if you can do all with that rod, but I don't think you diversify the approach like that either. So No, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the guy that's just going to make this work. <laughs> so, but there's something to be said for it hey you know again the efficiency aspect is what i'm slowly getting to because like you said i'm getting tired <laughs> getting tired but i you know i don't know i mean like i'm not trying to th- actually this this could be can you know twisted for the good or the bad i guess if it were me i guess for in my instance i do have a backup rod and that backup rod is for people that might not have musky rods or Something goes down in the event, which is a, we're talking like the chances of this happening, like lightning striking me three times in a week because I'm not fishing all that much. So for my stuff to go down, so that all that being said, I would rather have a really good middle of the road backup and one very much leaning high end setup. Mm Mm-hmm. And just being like, I am going to make this thing do this the best. 
And then everything else, I'll just make it work. Mm -hmm. So at that point, people are like, wow, you've got a really blank, blank, blank setup. And I don't even know how old that Tranks is now that I've had it. It might be five, six, seven years old. Mm -hmm. I, I have no idea. But like, oh, that's a $500 reel. Like, yep. And guess what? I haven't had to do a dang thing to it. It brings nope. things in fast. Is it big? Yeah. Is it heavy? Yeah. Do you get used to it? It is what it is at this point. Oh, that's an expensive rod. You're right. But I look over here at you, and you brought six rods that are all middle of the road. You paid twice as much out of your pocket to have those. Mm -hmm. i just sooner buy the cream of the crop once, buy once, cry once, and be like, yeah, this is my rod. I'm not stepping on stuff. I'm not kicking stuff. But I also get the obsession with the gear stuff, like having everything tweaked to perfection. I, I, I love that. But... Yeah, well, and that, again, that's for, and, and so if I'm bringing six rods, like you said, they're all going to be top of the line. But I just, man, it's there's there's a lot there. There's a lot to do preparing. It's a lot there. So like you said, I'm kind of kind of getting a nice. So I have a nice lineup of very good rods, but I'm thinking, what lure am I going to fish the most? That's the rod I'm going to bring that I customize for it. And then if I do switch, I'm going to make it work, like you said. So, but I still love that, man. I love the idea of the designs and customs and tweaking and. That was always part of the fun of fishing for me, uh, and that really made the days that you don't catch anything better because you're, you feel like you're experimenting and fine-tuning, and the reason you're not catching them is because this wasn't custom, and if you'd have had just a little bit more flex or whatever it may be to make that lure work better, you'd have caught six fish. So, you know, <laughs> so it's all part of it. It's, all, yeah. it's the mental, it's all men, the, the wrestling that you're doing mentally. Yep. Now, yeah, let me ask so. you this. I think at one point you said this, and I want to confirm. Um, if I'm mistaken, just correct me. When you get done fishing for the day and mm -hmm. you bring your rods into the house, yep. you take the reels off of them. Yep. And you put them back in the box. Yep. And you put the box on the shelf. Yep. And the rod gets washed and eyelids cleaned and on a specialized rack. And yep. Vance, After every trip. Vance, what do you think of that? So, I mean, we're talking five times a year that happens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so here's the, so I will admit, like, let's say spring smallmouth. Um, come May, I, if I could squeeze three or four in, uh, that's, like, huge for me. But if I know that's happening, then I won't. I'll keep them prepared with the rod covers on and laced up. But once May's out and I know I'm not going to hit another trip for the fall if I'm lucky, I'll clean up and up on the, the rack and stored and everything. So I you know, if I'm, I'm doing knowing multiple trips are coming, I'm not going to do it every time. But if I know there's going to be a lull, then they're they're getting back cleaned and organized. Moral of the story here is, folks, if you see <laughs> Gear Man selling any of his gear, I would not hesitate to buy it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, that might be at an estate sale. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. Like it wasn't. It was. It's, People selling an estate, it was at a flea market actually, and I saw the ad, and the ad had like all this, um, it had musky, higher end musky rod stuff, and I'm trying to remember what rods they were, but I, I asked my one, my fishing partner at the time, this is going back, oh my gosh, 12, 15 years ago, and uh, he's like, no oh, man, listen, I don't feel like driving into Ohio to go to that flea market, I'm like, look at, this is what they're saying there, and He's like, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to sit at this one out. I'm like, okay. So I drove out there 
And I brought some cash. And I go up and I'm like one of the first ones in. I run up to, I finally find where they're at. I'm looking at this crap and I call up my buddy and I'm like, hey, is this is this Loomis rod any good? And I forget what it was, like an 852. Is that a number? This is going way back. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah, how much? And I'm like, I, I forget. It was like, I'm like, it's like a hundred bucks. And he's like, really? And like, I can hear him. He's like, I'm still in bed. I hear him sit up and like, like move around. It's like, you serious? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, are you sure? It's an 852. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go back and look. And I'm like, no, it's an 851. Is that a rod? 851 has to be spinning. Okay. It, it, or it, it, it was, it was one number off. It was like an 853 or an 852, something. Yeah. Well, this is going way back. And I'm like, no, it's this number. He goes, wait, you just said this one. I'm like, oh, wait, they're both here. He goes, they're both there. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how much for these? And they're like, I don't know, for the pair, 190 bucks. Jeez. And, and he was, I, I, I have no, wow. I have, I have no idea what these rods are. They're bass rods. And I'm telling him, he goes, oh my gosh, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I didn't bring that much money though. I'm like, I came in for <laughs> these things. And he goes, oh, can you find an ATM? So now I leave the flea market, <laughs> drive around to find an ATM, pull out cash, go and buy all this stuff for him. I, and there was more to it. I come wheeling in. You know, it was probably an hour drive for me. I come wheeling in. He's running out of his house with, like, all this money. And he's looking. He goes, oh, my gosh, they're perfect. Like, it was something like the the the... the the father died and the daughter was selling stuff. The father was an old lawyer or a doctor or something, had all this high-end stuff. And he, there he is. He's kicking himself for not getting out of bed. So that's that, that's going to be um, my gear man, Steve, you know, future prediction. Well, so here's the funny thing. I, I have a spreadsheet on everything, on all my rods, <laughs> values, all that stuff. So, you know, I, I kind of told my wife. Is it adjusted for inflation every quarter? No, so I, I used to keep up with what the emerging rates were of the rods, but then there's you know the the uh, depreciation just because some of them are older models and stuff. But so I, I told my wife if I die before you even start attempting to liquidate this, at least go to this spreadsheet. But please don't do it while I'm alive because then that would cause me to die if you were to see it. <laughs> it would be called murder. Yes. So uh, do not sell so yeah, these. I, I, you know. For what I told you, I paid for them. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the instructions there. But I will tell one story. I had a rod I used a lot, and, and it had Key Loomis came out with a what they call the NRX. It was kind of a next uh, version, higher than the old GLXs. So I wanted to sell this one and put the money towards a, an NRX. I found a guy, and he was real picky. Like I don't, you know, have you used? It? I said, yeah, I used it a lot. And he goes, oh well, okay. And he's trying to like lowball me. So we came upon a price, and I sent it to him. Now I wrap all my handles. And so what it does is I wrap them so tight that any type of uh, void you see in the cork after a while, it actually compresses and becomes a very dense and nice cork uh, composition after you remove the wrap. So I removed the wrap off and sent it to this guy, and he's like, like you said you used this. There's not a blemish on it. The cork's pristine. And he said, well, I trust me. I used it a lot. But like I said, I clean it every time I come home. I wrap all the handles so that the cork doesn't get stained, but it actually makes it a nicer cork over time with it being compressed. So. So it, it 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 pays to keep uh, <laughs> to take care of your equipment, I guess. What do you wrap it with? <clears throat> so there used to be a product called Rod Wrap that went out of business. So when the guy was going out of business, I bought like his whole inventory. <laughs> Give me the warehouse. But unfortunately, I'm I'm slowly running out of that. So Win has some good wrap 
um, that I've been using. I've actually tried some tennis racket wraps, which has been okay, not the greatest. Um, so, yeah. So this might make you cringe. What I would wrap some of my cork with, there is a type of electrical tape. Now, oh, no. listen, <laughs> it is really thick. It is rubber, and it has no adhesive. This mm. adhe- it, the, it adheres to itself. So if you want to take it off, you just kind of get picking at it and you get it, and then you like it like it bonds pretty well to itself, and it sticks to nothing else. And if you're ever in a lightning storm, it's good for 600 volts. Um, <laughs> but the problem is, how slick does that get now? Because part of the reason I like the rod wrap is it kind of gets tacky when it's wet versus, you know, you make it ass and it slips out of your hand like a wet seal. Like, when I say electrical tape, don't think of the vinyl crap that you're picking up at Harbor Freight. This is rubber yeah. rubber. Uh, okay. Like I, I would wrap like the handle of a hatchet with it. Now, I have never used like a handle of a hatchet in the middle of a rainstorm before, but <laughs> you know, let's just say this: for every time that I've I've used this, I've never been like, oh man, I'm just going to cast in my rod; it's going to fly out of my hand, you know. But next time you're up, Steve, I'm going to have to show you it. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be interested. Yeah, and, and like I can just buy it readily from an industrial supply place. <laughs> Yeah, because stuff I'm buying, I'm sure it's marked up tenfold. It's you know? probably just that. It probably yeah. is that, yeah. Yeah. So, so, man, we just blew a half hour talking about nothing. We're like Seinfeld here. <laughs> Show about nothing. Yeah. All but right. So I, I could add add one thing real quick. Let's go for it. It's not about it's not about the rod wrap or anything like that. There's this wild. Um, survey going on in Chautauqua Lake. There's people that come up to you when you are done fishing and they ask you how many fish you've caught, you know, how deep were you fishing, things like that. Um, and this past week, what's been on Chautauqua Lake is this boat that looks like a shrimping boat and it's dragging the bottom with a what? net. It's dragging the bottom with a net and it's pulling the net and then it's surveying what they're getting in that net. It's a trawler? Pretty much, yeah. And Hold on. Like two... yeah. Have have you seen if they've got any blood worms? But you know <laughs> what? I have not asked them about that. We, we need to figure that one out. I should ask them. <laughs> I but, have on good authority <laughs> that there is a type so, of worm here. <laughs> Watch out for those PVC pipes <laughs> that I'll are the leech fields down there. <laughs> They'll be like, what? And they just floor it out of there. And <laughs> all, all of a sudden, like the boat just like cants really hard. <laughs> like We're hung up on something. And it just brings up this big trunk of six inch or four inch PVC. <laughs> Like wipes and stuff, and an oil slick coming to the surface, <laughs> and then these big giant ten-inch worms that are they just sink. there flopping around. They nice. sink and get eaten and die. You just see like it's like a school of tuna. Only muskies pushing this bait ball up to the surface. <laughs> they're jumping and like the worms are coming out of their gills and they're flopping, and it's just 
<laughs> little baby blood poofs going everywhere from when they're getting hit. <laughs> Seagulls dive bombing. Complete pandemonium. Well, it's it's similar to that because I I've never seen it before. You know, I've pretty much seen every type of boat uh, from the DEC that is on Chautauqua Lake. So seeing this was really really bizarre, and um, it's it's a well sized net that they're they're putting up there, and what they're doing is they're they're bringing it to the back of the boat. It comes into the boat like a shrimp, like if you would watch Forrest Gump and when he cuts that net open and all the shrimp go everywhere um, after the big storm. But that's what they're doing, and they're getting white perch and yellow perch and crappie and walleye, and I, they have yet to catch a muskie doing it. But I was like, what is this for? And they're like, it's part of the surveying study. And for, for the like three days that they've been there, They've been on my boat like a weekend warrior. I'm like, Jesus, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I'm like, I enjoy the, the middle of the week. You know, I don't have to worry about people coming up and following me around until like Saturday, Sunday. And now I have this thing following me around. You've got big brother. Yeah. And oh, it's man. like, I'm afraid it's like blowing up the spot. You know, I don't feel good about it. It's like, you know, if me and Andy were hunting in one area and then all of a sudden he saw me walk in front of his stand and I waved and then I walked, you know, walked back to my stand. It just, it's not a comforting feeling. I feel like I've, the, the spot is like blown up a little bit. You, you know, that nice water clarity Well, eat my dust. <laughs> but I just think they're like, they're like, they're pushing bait because I was in this area today and it was polluted with bait. They come through and they're, you know, chugging along, they're pulling this net, and then a couple passes later, I can't find the bait anymore. I'm like, this stuff is buried to the bottom, or it's just vacated because there's this giant foreign object being pulled through the water. (laughs) It's all on the deck of the boat. Yeah, I was going to say, they all made it at all. I mean, it's not that crazy that... You know, like they're pulling up these like 500 pound bags of just like fish. Um, they're they're getting a couple here and there, and I'm sure that they know their limits of their machine. When if they have like a pretty full full net, um, but it's it's interesting. I don't know what the purpose of it is, um, but I feel like it messed up my fishing for like four hours today, and uh, super annoying. Okay, but, so like uh, a couple things like. I don't. I, we can switch gears and talk about fishing. I was just going to do the hunting story, but I, I have no problem, you know, <laughs> doing another twenty minutes on something like this. But so I have to like. There's a part of me that okay. If if I have, I, I'm I'm equating this to terrestrial life. Okay, like terra firma here. If I have a net, and I just like, you know what, I'm going to put this 10-foot net behind me, you know, 10-foot wide, and I'm going to run through this field. I can't honestly expect to come up with, like, rabbits and turtles and a good representation. I mean, anything that's fast, I'm going to quote Mitch Hedberg. If you're flammable and have legs, you can never block a fire exit. So... (laughs) Like, it's one of those things, it's like... 
let's just drive through this area, dragging this net on the bottom where like 10% of the fish live. And like only the ones that for whatever reason don't leave or, you know, went left and should have went right get caught. I get that like, I think that trawling is really good for like invertebrates that are stuck to the bottom. <laughs> Let's go after these fish that like swim for a living. <laughs> I mean, I could be like oversimplifying this and maybe they're looking for something a little bigger, like a crashed UFO or something, but men in black stuff here. But I, I just like, we haven't caught a muskie yet. Really? You know those things can burst at like 30 miles an hour and you're pulling this at four? And it's just like, I don't like what's happening here. My spidey senses are going crazy. Let's get out of here. But I, I can't, to your point, I can't imagine they caught anything, let alone the disappointment of catching a musk. <laughs> They've caught some stuff. And I've seen like multiple dead white perch. Because <laughs> like they were laying on the like, bottom from swallowed hooks. That's why they, they were dead already. If I was a white just... perch, I'd kill myself too. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is like the least respected fish ever. Dude, people hate them for like no reason. Except for the Amish. They love them. They say they're very good. Um, uh, understandably so when, when you take the whole fish and grind it up for fish meal it's <laughs> yeah, true I mean if it's easy to catch and it's halfway big why not yeah um, you know to your point like you, it's like okay this fish was extremely lazy or dumb that it, it got caught with this net that's covering like a small area they I agree with that, but I, I I also agree that they're kind of vacating the area because they're like, what is this thing? You know, I'm leaving. Uh, okay, been... so exactly. So let's go back to your hunting scenario here. <laughs> I'm up in my tree stand, and here comes Vance, okay, trying to sneak through the woods. But he has a new piece of equipment here, and we're both trying to get deer, okay? He's just doing a little bit different. He has one of those, like, Symbols on the head, tuba, big, big drum in the front. You know, like when you walk, it's like clinking like a like a tambourine in the back. He's like the one man harmonica thing in the mouth, going along, and he goes around my stand and then walks back, and then he gets on the horn. You catch anything or you see anything? Yeah. No. Yeah, and he wonders why he didn't get a deer. <laughs> no, I did not. Okay, well, I didn't either. So let's get back to it. Yeah. You mind if I come back through your area again? I want to see how you're doing. <laughs> but I, th- I think stuff like that affects those fish. Um, and it reminds me sometimes of like a highly, if I'm fishing in the shallows, uh, say early season or whatever, and it's a weekend day and I feel like the fish are super spooked and they're not hitting my boat rods. They're hitting my board rods because they've been driven over all day uh, by a, you know, a, a big shadowed silhouette thing that's pumping water all over the place and making bubbles and sounds. I think it's, I can relate to that bag being pulled 
uh, to, to something of that, that type of scenario. So it really is, um, just like it's, it's, it's unsettling. It doesn't put a lot of confidence in and this particular area, uh, that I'm fishing at, uh, is, is essentially just the cleanest water at this point because we had, like extremely warm days up there uh, at Chautauqua Lake in the middle of fall. I mean, it was like 60, 70 degrees. It was more towards 70 degrees for about five days. And um, there was big southern winds that, that brought that, that heat wave through, and it blew all the leaves off of the trees, and it's – it's like a, a lot of leaves are, are on that lake right now, more than I can remember in years past. And they're like, you think weeds are bad, but these leaves, if you, if you're not on your, uh, your cast or your, your, I mean, it's, it's wiped up casting spots. Cause you're just like, it's like casting into lily pads, uh, at points. Um, and, but as, essentially trolling is, is the same way. I mean, you're, you're, pulling through those things, they're getting down on, on the lips of those baits, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're just left, right, left, right. Your tuned-in deep-diving crankbait is now a walking bait, and it's just walked <laughs> into, into the, the bait next to you. Um, so it's it's been limiting, and like, I don't know if the, if the trawling boat uh, feels the same way or... And that's so they like, go well, 50 feet go and the bot, the boat just stops and they pull like it up and it's the... like a million maple leaves. Yeah, a bunch of leaves. They're like, we need to go here where it's clean and f- <laughs> be right next to me, essentially, and just blow up the whole day. We're getting paid by the hour, so let's, let's drive everywhere. <laughs> uh, how, how do you think that this like rates against the... Um, like the, the weed mowers, the weed choppers. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, cause I, I've, I've fished where the weed chopper has been like, you know, but I'm also fishing 12 foot and under and sometimes right. the weed choppers in three or four foot and I'm just kind of staying mm-hmm. a, a little bit away. I don't want to say it's like, Oh, the fish aren't here anymore, but you know, it's, it's different because now you got basically shooting lanes. You can you, you can have, get, cast down them yeah. and run them down edges and you have shooting lanes. I think that it does affect the fish, at least for a little bit. And it might be your drift or the second drift, the third drift. It might take them an hour to reacclimate and be like, "Well, I'm going to go back here now because everything seems to be cool." Uh, so, but I, I think that stuff definitely has an effect on them. I don't think that like a big chopping blade is, they're just going to sit there and be like, well, hang on guys. Just hold on. This is the processing plant. Through. Knives. Yeah just, yeah. just like, let's chill here for a second. Okay. We're good. They're probably going to be like, I'm going to get out of the way. And when they get out of the way, they go to a different spot and they're like, this seems very nice and Homely not for me. sharp. There's, yes, and not sharp and, and uh, life-threatening. Um, but I would say that it's less than the weed cutting um, because I'm covering more water when I'm trolling. 
but the that boat just like i said is just right on me like if i turn around it's like boom there i'm like god dang it and then you know i'll, I'll make a hard 90 and then all of a sudden it does the same thing i'm like man are they doing this on purpose or like do they not know what they're doing on the water like common courtesy but i i just think it in the grand scheme of things, the weed cutters affect the fishing more when you're casting. Somebody that's dragging a net behind you uh, that seems like they're like breathing down your neck uh, at this juncture, I would say that that's a little bit more annoying and a little bit more detrimental to my fishing at this point uh, in the year. It's not, it's not like it's an easy bite right now, too. That warm-up acted as you know a super it's any substantial change in weather like that is like really crazy uh for for musky patterning and um that happened and then on top of it uh you know i have this the net boat following me around and it's like i'm fishing with like blindfolded with one arm tied behind my back so so is this boat out there often it's been out there for the last three days Jeez, man. And it's in every spot I'm at. Like, it eventually finds me, and I'll be like, I got fish. And then <laughs> when when it finds me, it's like, no more fish. I'm like, God damn it. It, it sounds like the boat is like campfire. The campfire smoke, and you're like, I'm just going to sit on this side. And all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, now you're here. I'm going to move <laughs> over to here. And it's, I'm trying it's, to hop around, yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> I'm a bear trying to catch this gazelle. And I'm just going to go slow the whole time, but I'm going to eventually find you. Then you're going to move again. And I'm just going to then change course and slowly come after you. Night of the living dead type zombies. <laughs> it sounds like they're like, man, we really want to catch a muskie in this net. So let's follow the dude that's trolling for muskie because maybe he'll draw them in. And then we'll kind of, you know, and when he releases it, I'm going to go ahead and scoop it up. Next. Yeah. <laughs> gonna pull up right next to his boat so you sir right sir I, can i ask you to do a technique we've recently seen here's some lead weights can you please put these down <laughs> we need this thing to be on the bottom throw this thing in the net <laughs> yeah so it's, it's 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 interesting i i don't know where any of this information is going um and, and what they're actually doing with it it seems really, really, I just don't know why they're always like, people seem like they're always tinkering with a lake some, somehow. Uh, and especially Chautauqua, you got monitoring of algae blooms. You have thermometers from the, uh, there's a thermometer, the that, buoy project that we covered. Yeah. That, and it's just like, what is, what are you doing with this natural lake? What's what is more machine than man? See, yeah, it's, it's more machine than man. We're trying to do tests to see that this can turn into a giant strip mall somehow. You know, <laughs> just always. What would you say if you finally like, guys, stop it? They're like, excuse me, we are perk testing here. <laughs> <laughs> We heard on this podcast that there's this blood worm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to confirm its existence. You want to protect the species. <laughs> yeah. 
of finding another species. Yeah, we think you're harming an endangered species. That's, that's right, and we're going to limit all fishing. Yeah, <laughs> to save the bloodworm. <laughs> that's how that's how it's been up there though for um, for this this past week, and um, you know you can make a musky hit eventually, and that's the the idea of what you know your your task is at the beginning of the day. You're just like I'm going to make one hit. I'm going to make one hit. So you could. You do that, but there's like ebbs and flows throughout the day that make you feel more or less confident. Um, and if it's like somebody that's following you, that's something that could maybe get in your head and make you, you know, feel bad and low percentage and then cause you fish worse. Um, I'm not saying that that happens to me, but I'm also not saying that when I look at this thing, I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. This is like, uh, you know, just the rods are going to go off like crazy right now. You know, it's just, it's not, it's, it's not that boosting. Maybe they think that like in the golf, the trawlers there, all the people come up and fish and like, like the, the, I don't know, like behind the boats because of like all the bycatch and stuff. Mm-hmm. It brings the tunas to the surface and you know, yeah. all the other game fish. Maybe they're like, Hey, sir, get behind us. <laughs> I think you're really going to enjoy catching nothing. You should do, you should do the old school first day of trout technique when a guy like noses up right next to you and you cast over his line. Just put six lures you don't like, roll it right through that net, <laughs> create a mess, and shut down their survey for four hours. Yeah, I'll follow you again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I busted up the the hunting show i mean it'll be we could do the hunting one at any time because there's still other people that need to hunt and you're still hunting as well Um, i'm in between hunting right now you're in between hunting yes i don't want to give away any details but uh uh, but no i just like we we were going to do that just it it was a good story it would take up a whole podcast crazy mm -hmm. crazy turn of events almost like it's scripted but it's okay. We we can talk about. I mean, it's a fishing well, this show. Is, this is the teaser show into that show. Then how's that? Yeah, it's just like I tease nice. so well that that worm idea that we have, and like yeah, we <laughs> you tease that right, and then then your your uh, listenership went through the roof, right? Because that went oh, everyone, yeah, it, it started threads on Facebook, and they're like <laughs> a worm. You're like. What has caught the most fish? If you ask a non-fisherman, what would you use for bait? Number one answer. Survey says a worm. Fish. Worm. Telling you. But not the fat AZ one. <laughs> no. Right Certainly now. Right now we got a, well, the thing is, is like the worm works because it's how you rig it. Yeah, we got we got feedback on it after that. I mean, there was people messaging me asking me about the worm, and uh, so it worked, even though we're really bad at marketing. <laughs> I I almost want to say we're really bad at marketing on purpose, because I yeah. think that if we took ourselves seriously, no one would like us. <laughs> so right, we have yeah. to make fun of ourselves. We do. It, that, that, that's true because it goes it goes the. 
I mean, if you if you pay attention to anything in the industry, there's uh, there's a bit of that going on about like every day. That advertisement stuff and it's blowing up in people's face right now. So I pay zero attention as I I think I've said in the past. I have unjoined every group but one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very nice. At some point, you just get tired. <laughs> you get tired. Yes, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. Well, it, it fits for everything. Well, Steve, are you doing some fall fishing at all? I got one. Well, so my cycle is uh, uh, October's smallmouth month for me. So I, I made a trip up uh, not too long ago. Explain, explain then... how you leverage this trip. This is a oh. good story, folks. This is a great story. And then it's going to lead into when he gets back home, what ends up happening. So go ahead, Steve. Do tell. Do tell. Oh, well. So anytime I could obviously come up with an excuse of why I need to be in the, around Erie, uh, I take advantage of it. Well, my lawnmower uh, was old lawnmower. The deck's rusted out. It's a walk behind 42 inches. It's kind of big, but... Uh, but one of the arms rusted off and that was the arm that had the autopilot and the blade engagement control. Like the so handlebar arms, right at, hand, right handlebar at, arms. at yes. the frame, at the frame where if anyone has seen it, it's, it's around tubing. A lot of times this is common how uh, like walk behind or push mowers are made. You have a piece of round tubing and then they flatten it and then you put a couple holes and you put the bolts through it to the, to the frame mm-hmm. and there you have it. So yeah. continue. So, Steve. So that- so that wore off and broke, and, and so this was like in September. Grass is growing because we had the, the hot streak with some rain. I got in the lawnmower, so I'm, I'm going to, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, look at these stupid tractors for three grand or, you know, the cheap versions on sale for 2100 that you, you don't get much time out of because they're just not built well. And some lamenting, I don't want to spend this money. And Did you call me on this or did I call you by happenstance? Yeah. I think I text you about uh, questions of what could be a good brand because I was at I was at Lowe's looking at one and I asked you. I said, "Hey, I, you, you know this crap? Like, what is this? Is this this engine? Is this any good?" And you're like, "Wait a minute, tell me what's going on." You know, he turns into like a therapist. Like, lay down, tell me what's happening. You know, how does so that I, make you feel? I, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I explain it to him. He goes, "Dude, get it up here." Like we'll turn it around in 20 minutes. Like we, we've done this before. We'll put a we'll put a plate, weld it on the front. We'll weld that up. It'll be good as new. And I'm thinking, it'll save huh. you. It'll save you like two G's at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the wheels start turning. I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. I got a I, okay opportunity to go north. I need it. Here's my here's my excuse. I, I get the buy-in from the family. There's no uh, wait a minute. You're being selfish. Taking a day going fishing. So I I. Arrange a day with Andy. I get my, I didn't have a trailer. My nephew has this huge, it looks like a 16 foot trailer that he put wood in and everything. And then okay, I put this so it's like a 16, it's a 16 foot landscaping trailer. Everyone mm-hmm. here pretty much knows what a landscaping trailer looks like. Yeah. And it has a fold down gate, but at the same height as the gate. So let's just say the gate was uh four foot tall and uh, he put like, like a two by four type like uh, he he paneled it to where yeah. it's all it's like a really big deep trailer that like you could just fill it up with like light material like leaves and it would hold many many yards of of something and, you, and you know, when you're standing on the ground you can't see over that's how high the wood is up on it 
yeah, it it's it's at least four foot tall around the sides, which is kind of neat. It has some drawbacks, but yes, Steve loads up yeah. this push mower in it. Yeah, this this goofy little trailer, huge trailer. I got this little mower. So I tell my wife, well, listen, I got to go up early because Annie's got to weld this, and the weld's got to dry, and they they take about eight hours. <laughs> So it's the a fact that so you I, said the weld has the to dry. weld has to dry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I left at four in the morning. Loaded uh, with actually, fishing rods. Yeah. I got all yeah, the whole gear. I ended up picking up my buddy because he, he he blew off work. It was actually a Columbus Day. I think we came up. So he had off from a federal holiday like I did. Well, and I'm right sitting here working for him. Yeah. We're at 7 a.m. We show up right when Andy opens the door to his shop. Uh, we unload it, and in the meantime, we, we wanted to put a gate across this deck we put on, so we got these kind of accordion-style gates. But, uh, you know, we, we wanted to span 20 feet, and these were gates were in five-foot panels. So I said, Andy, I don't know what to do with these things. He said, no, I'll leave them here. Don't worry about it. You guys go. We'll take care of your bow, or I'll see what I can do with the gate. I don't know. So we go fishing. Um, good day. It wasn't a time, but we, we had fun, caught, you know, some nice fish. And so then, he uh, drops the trailer back. off at the shop, goes and yeah, snags his so boat. My boat. <laughs> <laughs> so. so, yeah, so then I come back, and he says, I'm closing at four. We showed up just a little bit before four. Lawnmower's already loaded on the trailer, and he said, oh, I got a surprise for you. He riveted two of the gates together on each side, so now there are two 10-foot sections. With the, and he, it was just beautiful. Like, he got everything done. It was like, but he's like, you know, you know I got all this done like a half hour. I said, yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry. I just wanted to make sure you had enough time with eight hours. But okay. You know, so this mower deck, it, uh, <laughs> okay. Initially it was, Hey, the handlebar here broke. Can you fix that? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a nothing. And you're like, Oh, and there's a hole in the front of the deck. So we, we kind of just like, once we fix the handle, you know, you like push down to like pick the front wheels up. So we do that and we're like, Holy crap. He's never scraped the grass off this ever. <laughs> so we start scraping the grass off and the only thing holding most of this together was like this <sighs> this paper mache made of grass and moisture, okay? That kind of like formed into what would be like the deck shell. But the deck left left a long time ago. Like we're talking like a metal detector would go bananas across his yard. There's so much missing from this deck. <laughs> it's all sprinkled through the grass. <laughs> yeah. And it, it turned into, I'm like, okay, we'll patch the front. We're going to, okay, this has nothing supporting this spindle. Let's go ahead and patch this. Oh, we found some more spots that have holes. And we kind of <laughs> quilted this deck back together and got it all done, put it in the trailer. He's ready to rock. So yeah, so show up. It's all done. He's got the gate done. I mean, it was like, oh, man, it was so nice. All right. Your wife is gonna love you for this. I, I'm thinking I'm coming home a hero. That's what I'm thinking. So I come home uh, with the mower, and it, it was uh, so that was on the Monday, and then uh, come the weekend, I said, all right, I'm gonna cut this grass because it's getting high. So all this effort into the mower. I'm thinking, oh, look at me getting things done. Well, the mower won't engage the blades. So I, you know, I kind of tilt the mower back on its handles, and I could see from underneath the belt that is linked all through is off. But I can't, because it's above the deck, but under the engine, there's just a small, maybe inch and a half, two-inch slot that I could try to slide my hand in 
and try to feed this belt back on without taking everything off. Well, stupid me thought this is, I, I can't keep this upright. So I tilt the thing on the side. So rather than pushing it back, <laughs> he just decides that like, if he took a corner too hard, tip it over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tip it over. I reach up. I'm able to get it, put it back on. When I tip it back, oil coming out of like, the, the output, everything. I, I can't. Every orifice of the engine is spewing oil. And everywhere is oil. You sure? You sure it wasn't a the wet weld? No, no, <laughs> no. The wet, the weld, it it yeah. didn't dry fully. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. It was no. The you weld had it before it dried. <laughs> it welded. The, the weld dried in the eight hours. <laughs> so I, but but I can't even like get the electric start. I can't pull start. I'm thinking, screw this thing. I'm I'm. I'm pushing it over the edge. Okay, I'm I'm jacked. I'm gonna push it over. I the I think hill. you texted me. Yeah, I said, dude, I, oil's everywhere. I can't get this started. So Andy calls me. Okay, he so said, tell okay, me about your problem. Yeah, t- like, tell me, tell me, please. What is going on? Like back to back to the, <laughs> Andy, the psychologist. So I'm ranting like this piece of, you know, I'm so jacked off. He, just, he said, you will not trash this thing. I have too much sweat sweat equity in this dumb thing. And the wild thing is he walked me through step by step. All right, step one, take your spark plug up. Do this, do this. Blow out all that oil. You, you, you waterlocked it. Okay, all this stuff. So I had to get a new air filter. So like running around with Andy's help, the thing's running, purring like a kitten, blowing a lot of white smoke. But that kind of burned off after a while uh, in like three hours. Maybe two hours, a little less. I mean, because we're on the phone back and forth. He's up in New York. I'm running around the stores. I'm getting everything I can so I get this thing running, get the grass cut, and Andy's Vandy's funny. He's like, "Man, you're, you're gonna be like a hero to your wife. Here you are. <laughs> you got this mower fixed. We did it for you. You had a problem. You fixed it, and you got the grass cut. And you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be a hero." Well, that was farthest from the truth. <laughs> because when I get the when I get the the grass done. My wife's jacked at me that I spent so long with the stupid mower and the grass should have been done four hours ago and we didn't get this other thing done that we needed to get done. Mm. So it was a it was a long weekend of anger because I pissed around with a mower for five hours that I spent a whole day because I had to wait for the welds to dry on Monday when I could have done <laughs> a lot of things then. It's all about perspective here because here I am yeah. thinking that Hey, Steve, you know, while he, he was the one that did it, I was just coaching, you know, from a distance and I'm like, here he is. He's getting his, his hands are dirty. He's, he's turning a wrench. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure at this point, like the neighbors are kind of looking at like, well, what's that guy over there? Holy crap. There's a wrench and he's doing this and oh, look at it. And it, it runs, it runs. Did you see all that oil? How did he do this? And thinking like there's, he's the talk of the neighborhood and, uh, uh, it's like it was like a complete failure on my end. It would have been better off if you rolled it down the hill, catching it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's also think, at the same time. This is the first go around after it, you know, got the new handle that you didn't have to like weirdly hold everything to engage it. And yeah, um, I'm like, you can't junk it yet because you literally just got it home. Oh no, well, I can tell you this story too because when I took the Elfer uh, Elfer air filter up to the lawn mowing uh, place. The guy's like, what did you do to this? And I said, uh, my son, man, you believe that? He goes, uh, are you sure it was your son? And I have no sons, but you know, I'm, I'm like, 
I'm, I'm <coughs> definitely blaming it on a fictitious kid because I don't want to admit dumbass me didn't know that I shouldn't be toting it on its side, you know? <laughs> so the guy's like, oh, yeah, your son. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, you know how kids are. Just go get to yourselves. Let's go. You know? Do you want to make <laughs> a sale or not? Yeah, come on, the guy. I'm not here for your criticism that I'm an idiot. I know that. Just buy my lie. Give me the air filter so I have a little bit of pride getting out of the stupid store and I get a good grass cut, you know? So, yeah, so the, uh, the, the, all that to go fishing. Now, those, the, you know, those are the, uh, I guess, uh, the, the hoops you jump through. You still, yeah, the <laughs> thing is, is that you, you Did got, you know that you fished? Uh, no. <laughs> he he was sitting in the in the office waiting for these welds to dry. <laughs> so the funny part though was, um, when I came home, I put my fishing gear in the garage. I didn't put it away right away because I wanted her to come in and kind of put it there. So when the next day we were kind of cleaning out some of the garage, she said, "I cannot believe you didn't put your fishing gear away from Fourth of July week, which is the last time I went fishing." So we're talking. She thought it was sitting there for months. Whoa. And she's like, "That you want these broken? Like she was. This is part of the, the you know, the anger portion." And yeah. I'm thinking, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And she picks them up and her hands it. wet. She goes, "Why are these things wet?" <laughs> Must oh, be part of the weld. <laughs> yeah, it's all the welds everywhere. <laughs> these welds just—they're dripping everywhere. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, so I want to explain what happened to your engine. Um. So when Steve tipped this mower on its side and he explained to me what he did and I'm like, listen, this is the worst case scenario is you hydro lock this, meaning you filled the cylinder with fluid, in this case oil. And when you try to start it with the key or pull start it, most people know you, you cannot really compress liquids. So this mm-hmm. thing's trying to compress liquids, the piston coming up to squeeze it and it's saying no dice it's not going to happen so what i then said was okay there could be a couple things but let's just check the worst case scenario which is also the easiest to diagnose pull the spark plug so Mm -hmm. he gets his spark plug wrench and he takes a spark plug out and i'm like try turning it over now by the way do not stand near the spark plug hole (laughs) and when your solenoid struck that positive Tell me what happened out the spark plug hole. Well, so, okay. So he says, gives me all these warnings. So I got my socket set out. It's open up. One of these big socket sets. I'm leaving it in the, the grass out, out by this spark plug hole. I take the spark plug off. He's warning me, don't stand next to it. Well, I guess I didn't realize what was going to happen because my socket set was a good few feet away behind me. So I said, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in front of it. When I hit start, this was like a geyser that we just tapped into an oil vein shooting out of this hole, just got oil all into the socket set. I had to take every socket out and dry it mm. off. Went, shot four or five feet across the grass. Um, and it would just, and it, it's just shooting out over and over like old, it's just, yeah. I mean, basically it would be the equivalent of a, of adult human drinking a gallon of eggnog and then vomiting. Yeah, out vomiting repeatedly. That's, it would just be like, yeah. Once once he got that cleaned, I kind of knew that there was, if there was oil in the air filter, there was oil in the carb. 
So let's go ahead and let's put a little bit of ether inside the spark plug hole to try to get this thing to fire and hopefully burn some of it out. We're going to be yeah. tackling little. We're, we're going to nibble at this until it's until it's completely eaten. Got it to fire that way. Put some ether in the carb. Get it to start. And you, after a few attempts of babying it through, it finally got to run on its own gas. Yeah. And then it just basically cleared the mosquitoes from your neighborhood for about four <laughs> hours. Says, yeah, he goes, hey, there's going to be a little bit of white smoke. Dude, a little bit of white <laughs> smoke. It looked like I elected a new pope down here because there was so <laughs> much smoke pouring out of this thing. The fire department was called. Oh, my God. I'm thinking, dude, it was pouring out. Yeah, and then he goes, uh, okay, now don't run it anymore. Go get some oil because <laughs> you have no oil in this thing. <laughs> so, so I'm on getting oil. Yeah, it was uh, so long. Uh, he he was able to diagnose it over the phone in New York. Saved me still money. Saved the day again for me. But that's three or four hours I'm running around to get this dang thing working, which was nice because grass got cut. Looks good, but yeah. How did now? How did the fishing trip go? So it was fun. Like I said, we we caught. I'd say about, I don't know, eight or nine. I don't know my buddy caught. It, uh, it was just, it's just nice being out. You know, it's, it's when you very rarely get to go out anymore. It becomes more of the experience and just going and the nice weather and the, the, the foliage. And mm-hmm. so if you catch fish, it's a bonus. That's just, and that's how I know I'm getting older. I'm getting tired because I don't bring 25 rods and spend four hours getting ready. And I'm mm-hmm. not on the water for 15 hours anymore. And, and I'm enjoying the ancillary parts of the trip. So from that aspect, we didn't blaze any trails with huge fish and stuff, but enough to, to keep us satisfied with the fishing and then the whole trip around. It was nice. So it was they good. they jigged up walleyes and threw them back. <laughs> Did you really? No. Yes. Well, we did catch a few walleye, but you know. <laughs> and you threw them back. <laughs> yeah. What were we gonna do with them? He was my buddy was mad at me because his mother in law loves cooking fish. So when he caught his first walleye. I was about 18 inches, okay? And I'm thinking, dude, I don't even have a live well. Like, Andy helped me plug up the live well. Now it's dry storage. I said, I'm, I'm, I don't want this thing on the boat. Just put it back. We're, you know, we're not here to catch walleye. We're not going to catch any more, you know, because usually when you're fishing where we are, it's a one-off. Well, then I go and catch like a 26-incher, and now he's really jacked that he threw the 18 back. I said, well, we ain't keeping this one either. So that one went back. Steve, was it, was it with you when we threw that one, like – barely legal back or was i alone talking about no it? we threw it back and it took us forever to get the last <laughs> to one, and that's the the one? Last one. <laughs> oh my goodness it was early on we threw it back like dude we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna crank. crush was, these fish this was 15 and a half forget it and man we were stuck at stupid 11 for like two and a half hours <laughs> and then he's like if we had kept that fish we'd be home now you know, we would have been eating and the wives would have been happy yeah it was <laughs> Moral of the story is don't throw a legal one back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And allow your welds to dry. Yeah. By the Leaky way, if anyone here is buying that, yeah. I have, I have wife, septic you... permits for the middle of Chautauqua Lake. I'd love to sell you. <laughs> did your wife, did you really tell her that the welds had to dry? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I doubt she bought it, but. I also don't know if she knew I went fishing, so she knew I was doing something up there. Because um, she's that's just a lot. That's a lot. That's a incredible. You you'll do that for a chance to go fishing. Um, but I feel like you could have 
come up with something that was a lie but also true. That was true. Welds do have to dry. They they set up in seconds, but you know they set up like almost instantly. <laughs> instantly. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I took the liberty to of, of adding four hundred and eighty minutes to it. Yeah. I mean, you need to factor safety. Yes. Um, you, you know, know I, I so that was to extend lie. what Vance is saying to tell a lie but have it be true. You could also be like, listen, yeah. I'm going to take the day. I'm going to take the mower up there. Andy's going to fix it. It might take a few hours. I'm going to make a fishing trip of it. I'm going to be home by dinner. Or or just say, we're going to work on this thing. It might take the whole day. Right. And that's well, it. It might, you're but it won't. Been like that. But it won't. It'd be done in a half an hour. Yeah. But you could have just been like, oh, we were tinkering around with it, doing man stuff. So, and so let's put it this way. Under normal conditions, that's easier. But under the, the we had a lot of projects this summer that just were lingering. And there's just so much to do that any spare time that's not spent against that was just putting a strain of happiness. Because it was just, it was just I mean, we had crap in our driveway. That we we couldn't park in the driveway in the garage for four months because of all the projects going on around the house, mm-hmm. and now with it getting colder, she's like, I, I, like she told me the one day she said, "Listen, I want to park in my garage bay," and I had my tools and crap in there. I said, "No, no, no, I'll clean it up. Don't worry." So I leave. For, for, I don't know where I went. Um, Fishing. And I came back. Fishing. The bay was the bay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was that day or not, but the, when I came <laughs> back, the bay was clear. All right. And it's like someone took a forklift or a front end loader, shoveled everything out of her bay, and turned and dumped it into my bay. So she just, just threw it. Just, I'll clear the bay. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't quite thrown. It might have been gently placed, but on top of other things. It, um, it was a five minute job. Yeah. So long story short, uh, to to say I'm going fishing when we got all these things we're trying to get done before the winter. It doesn't go over great, you know. So when I add strain to the, there's no need to do that. Just uh, it, you know, <laughs> it was an effort dry. to reduce stress at the home. Yeah, yeah. So whether it worked or not, I doubt it. I don't know. Who knows? But it's a nice trip. Mower was fixed, and uh, we're, we're pretty much you're still married. Yeah, we're still, <laughs> still <laughs> married. It's good. It's always a success when you're still married. At the end. Yeah, like my number one job every day is not get divorced. <laughs> Just remember that, folks. You'll come to a point in your marriage that is your job. You wake up, you stretch, and you're like, okay, today's a great day. Don't get divorced. <laughs> Don't get divorced. Next thought. Leaky welds. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was a good trip. It was nice, and Andy hooked me up as always. And it's all, it's all, it's a happy ending. I'm going to tap the other See? Yeah. Perfect. I'd say that's the podcast right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, I do want to say one thing, if you don't mind. This is, Let's go for it. You actually it. alluded to this way, way back earlier. You talked about the lead weights. So as you all know about the, those guys sticking, well, allegedly uh, sticking lead weights in those walleyes. Uh, do you see they pled not guilty today? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I did. I did. Yeah, I heard that. I read, and again, I'm not a scholar of the law. They said that yeah. those fish were out of their possession at some point, 
and they might be able to get off on on something like that saying there there was no evidence like like i it almost was like yes those were our fish but at but some you point prove that, it. you you can't prove that we did that because they were out of our control for a while almost as if when they did that they should have went and weighed everything again to say it's the same weight but you yeah. don't think of that in the moment mhm so how are they out of their control? They're the ones that bag it out of their life. Well, I, I, again, I don't know all the things, but after they weighed them or whatever, there was a time that they were separated from their fish. Uh, and and they could try so to like hide when, hide from the fact that, like, well, how do we know that someone didn't come here and throw a bunch of lead weights in these while they were out of our control, out of our sight? Uh, yeah. We've been sabotaged. Yes. So haters like are going to go to the airport and they ask you if your bag's been out of your possession at any moment. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like so. comedian Cat Williams said that there's nothing that haters hate more as a GD winner. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, this will be it'll be an interesting one. Yeah, so uh, yeah, um, like you said, any good attorney could probably win that one. But uh, I mean, okay, Let, let's just say this: I guess it would be a win for them if they're not serving time in jail. That mm-hmm. would be a win. Yeah. However. Yeah. I wanted to bring this up, and I kind of got lost in it. Vic's Marine was on the front of their jerseys. Oh, I know. I noticed that. And, yeah, I almost wanted a question. Let me guess. The next time that they go fishing, that name will not be on their jerseys. Mm-mm. <laughs> I hate those jerseys. They're so dorky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but, I can't believe I can't believe people wear those things. Okay, They're so just, well, I mean, you have. I mean, you, you, you gotta you gotta get paid, I guess, if you're doing this. This yeah. that isn't cheap I mean, to go and do that. Like, they're not getting paid. You know, I mean, it's just it's offshore boards. It's you know, big Berkeley big game. They're getting a spool. They're getting a free yeah. uh, planer board. You know, they're not getting paid. They're probably not paying retail for stuff. Right. I, I mean, mean so... Like it, a, I mean, if you're BASS or one of these... Uh, yeah, if you're BASS classes, and you're wrapped in something that says Kellogg cereal, then you're getting paid. Yeah, and you get 100 grand fish. for it. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're just the same old run-of-the-mill, it's like the guy with the St. Croix rod sticker on his boat. Or, or these guys that are on "quote unquote" pro staff that they still yeah. have to pay, but they get ten yeah. percent off. Pro is promotional, but I mean, what? A, yes, Andy's right. They have to be a billboard, but that doesn't mean that it, it's not dorky. Um, I, 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 I get, I get all that, but I. So I, here, here's the thing. Let's just say they skate. Like the charges are dropped. I think at that point you're damaged goods. You're a broken toy. Oh, they won't let them in another tournament. There's no way. Mm-mm. No, and, and there's no one that's going to put their name on their shirt. No. I mean, so like, so, that's a, so what happens is is a follow up lawsuit of libel or whatever, and, and then uh, uh, that who knows what they'll get out of that. But uh, they sure are throwing the book at them, which is uh, nice. And yeah. Boy, it should be. I, but, I uh, guess, like, the thing is, is, like, everyone knows they did it. Yeah. But if they can't somehow come up with a way to prove it, just because of how it was done, 
it's going to be like this big black eye. Like, you guys suck, and everyone hates you even more. Yeah, I bet you you could find a way to say, I don't know. I don't know how those got, things got in there. Maybe they ate them. You know, I bet yeah. you if you're a good lawyer, you could spend something there. Yeah, I mean, you, so the, the the best thing that guy did was not say a word. Unfortunately, that also is probably the worst thing because you just stand in there taking versus, whoa, how did those get in there? Those are mine, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least if you had some shock as much as everybody else, he just stood there like, eh, okay. <laughs> um, I I was wondering about this too. I was thinking about the strategy behind the fish uh, fillets in there. I yeah. think, you know how there was like parts of the fish. Yeah, I, I suspect they, they wrapped the weight in it, shoved it they down. So if you try to feel, it's, it's feel uh, it. Then they feel flesh rather than the lead. That's what it was. There'd be a buffer there, yeah. But how do you keep it wrapped unless you rubber band it or something? I mean, how, how do you force it down a gullet and well, it still stays wrapped? And, and those fillets could be, listen, prove to where these fillets came from, you know, like, the thing is, is like if he they actually did that, there could be some, like, at least in Pennsylvania waters, you cannot fillet a fish on Lake Erie unless you have a captain's license. Now they were in the Ohio version, you know, the Ohio waters of Lake Erie. I don't know if you you can do that, but at this point, do you do you now bring in? Again, they have to prove that they did this on the water. You just brought in more than what the quota for the tournament was. Did you break any kind of laws out on, on Lake Erie? You know, at, so at some point here, I'm hoping that there's some kind of backdoor approach because they, they might not actually get what everyone feels they should get. Well, right. and the key to the whole argument, like you brought up, is if there's a moment, that, let's say they said, hey, let's put your fish here in this tank or whatever it may be. And you guys wait over here. When it's your turn, we'll bring this from the back. Like you said, once it's out of the possession, they're going to say, well, we were framed. We, you know, don't, we don't know about anything about the flays, weights, you know, so all that even goes out the door trying to prove illegal quotas. Did they catch these or these old, you know, which, uh, man, I, I, like you all said, I think everybody on earth knows they did it, but this would suck if some attorney gets creative and gets them off and finds that loophole and, I don't know. Right, because it's not that hard. Lake Erie is pretty easy to, to figure out to a certain point on these fish how old they are and how much they should weigh. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at a 21-inch fish. You're like, that's probably a three-pounder. Oh, wait, yours weighs four and a half pounds. Hmm, that girth doesn't mm-hmm. look anything different. This doesn't look anything different. Why do your fish weigh so much more than mine? <laughs> But, and I think the wild thing, too, is their weight was like 33 pounds for these fish. Which should have been like a, 12, they should have been like a 22-pound bag. But they would have still won with 22 pounds because I think the next highest was like 16 or something. Wasn't it? I mean, I don't know all the details, but I, I think they were saying even without the weight, they would have won. But I guess you don't know that coming in. That's uh, why they're jamming it down their throat to take away all doubt. I don't know. I heard that, but I, it was one of these things. I saw it for face value. It blew up on everything. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not even going to dive into this. I think it's funny. Yeah, the memes are incredible. I, oh, they're bad. <laughs> I did, I did send Vance. Did, did I send you that perfect spirit holiday or yeah. what a Halloween? The spirit costumes are, are <laughs> nice and uh, refreshing. And then they got there in there. Yeah, they got them. <laughs> it, it's, it's perfect. So. 
Anyways. Well, sorry to bring all that up, but I just saw that today, and I thought you mentioned it earlier, and I went to just circle back around and let you know they're, they're pleading not guilty and not saying a word. So, I mean, I don't know. be interesting. They better think they got something good. I don't want to dwell any more on this because we were going to wrap this up. But to, pl- to, to take it to, like, the next level, this is like you guys could have taken a plea. We're going to ratchet it up. And you're either going to get off like of everything or you're going to get the book thrown at you. Yeah. That's a really risky one to roll the dice on. Yeah. Especially if you know you've done it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, we'll see. Hey, it'll be interesting. Like I said, uh, hmm. anyways, big thanks to Fatty Z Muskie Products. Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine, and Aqua Traction. Uh, with that, everyone, good luck fishing, fall fatties, crushing front hooks, or chasing big, huge monster bucks. Uh, talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>